0: You're listening to Poirot Pod.
1: Welcome, as we, Portia, the lifelong fan, and
0: Amanda, the first time reader,
1: discover the books of Agatha Christie.
0: We are sisters who live on opposite ends of the U.S., doing a quarantine project, and who love to be soothed by British murder mysteries.
1: In this shithole of a moment in history, it's nice to have Poirot or Miss Marple solve it all. Okay. All right, all right, we can figure out this thing. So I did find mysterious affair styles.
0: Okay, wait, Portia, you have to tell them who we are.
1: Oh shoot! Okay, that's right.
0: So welcome to the Praro Pod.
1: <laughs> Is that how you say it? I'm always so bad at saying French words. Praro, Praro,
0: Praro. <laughs> we Praro know we pod. A, a name we cannot pronounce. So that's a win.
1: With the Hall <laughs> sisters.
0: Um, and, uh, I am making my sister record this with me because growing up, she, um, always listened or listened. I've been listening to books cause I'm lazy, but she would always read real books of Agatha Christie. And, um, I was always like, whatever, that's some Porsche stuff. But then
1: <laughs> it turns out um, you also love mysteries. So. Well, yeah, cause
0: now it's COVID times. And I found that my comfort food is actually watching very formulaic, British murder mysteries, and I'm like where did I get this from maybe (laughs) Portia
1: who invented the formula actually I suppose Sherlock Holmes invented the formula but Agatha Christie refined the formula
0: or she just made I think she made it like more palatable like I feel like Sherlock Holmes like when I try to like consume that it's just a lot darker which is actually what murder is Right but for but she some, makes it a very... she, oh it's just so nice and light and there's a detective and everything's fine who cares if someone died like somehow <laughs> it's soothing to my brain
1: Soothing, yeah so so we um... started at,
0: i've never read one before literally i've watched really some, like yeah i've never watched some of the movies or the different like I'm actually
1: or you, between me and mom you haven't read one before but
0: that's the thing how often do i do something that you and mom do
1: that's true i'm so, always like no I'm I'm doing my own did, thing for, we forgot to say names though so my name is Portia Hall-Rockney.
0: Okay. I am the mysterious Amanda of many of <laughs> those <last> names.
1: <laughs> what? what? Already, I already said it was the whole sisters. Either we're going to do this or not.
0: You're ruining my mystery. Portia's get her social security number next.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I'm just messing with you.
1: Okay. So I'm now showing you. This is my physical copy.
0: Oh yeah, so we decided to start at the beginning, since I've never read one before, and we started with The Mysterious Affair at Styles, which was the very first Agatha Christie novel. I looked it up, it was written in 1916, or set in 1916, published in 1920.
1: Right, and she was fairly young. Um, and it's interesting, because she kept writing into the 60s, and so she described Praro Prado. as old, for the entire time she wrote about him from 1920 <laughs> until the 1960s, because never... when she wrote about him when she, in the 1920s i think she was in her 20s and so he was old but then she actually got old and so then she was like oh yeah my theory about that but i think and you can tell me what you think but hastings i think was a little bit more of a stand-in for her
0: Mm. Although he, it's so funny because Provo is so shady to him. He's always like, "We need someone to be an idiot," and luckily, my friend, finally, you will come in handy. Right? <laughs> and and then, it's like, yeah, oh, that was shade. Yeah,
1: totally, totally, yeah. <laughs> and then I
0: was like, "Oh, good, I'm glad you finally see my benefit." Like he doesn't, he doesn't catch it. Like it's it like, oh, it at
1: all. Doesn't at all. And the the trope about the dumb friend. I mean, like is hastings as dumb as he seems or is perot smart and just kind of a jerk in the same way because it is playing off of holmes and watson uh, watson you know was watson dumb or was holmes just pretty smart and kind of an ass you know right like, right, right, so right right it's a similar dynamic in some ways in some ways but there's definitely supposed to be an age difference, I think, between Perot and Hastings. I couldn't really tell how old either of them are supposed to be, but obviously Hastings was supposed to have been I so I figured weird.
0: this out. I I mapped it out, and Hastings is supposed to be 30 because he said that skipping ahead, that John Cavendish is supposed to be 45, and he was 15 years his senior. Mm. So See, Hastings is supposed to be 30.
1: And I think... Yeah, because I think Hastings was, talks like he's younger than that, right? Like, he went to school, he went and, pl- and fought in the war.
0: Yeah, he seems very simple.
1: <laughs> and Doesn't then he run came run home 30-year-old. from the war, and and now he just, just you know, like he came home from, from the war, and he was just convalescing? I mean, if you're a soldier in the war, then you're probably going to be in your early 20s. Right. So I was thinking that. I
0: was like, you think he, yeah, I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I, I there was a, I have some
0: issues with ages too as we move forward. I was like, some of these things, because he's also supposed to be. Well, let's, let's introduce the characters before we start.
1: Right. Right. I and did
0: unlike- want to like as a, as a note is that I do want to acknowledge that Agatha Christie was a white lady who did white lady things, like use the N word in this book through a character, but still, it's not, that's not great. And, uh, wait so a minute. We- no. Where? Oh, um, Dorcas, the, the maid or whatever I was talking about when they played dress up and and use N word the, the really? audio book yeah <laughs> I don't know if it did the audio
1: book okay, but yeah. I was like
0: oh come on Dorcas but oh, you know I, I don't think that's a new I think Agatha Christie didn't always not do white lady things like that
1: right well think that
0: now on and before white ladies do better
1: yeah and it's interesting because um, I think she evolved of how she viewed women and men and how she viewed races. And so if we read some of her stuff from the fifties and sixties, I think there were some changes.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, this is over a hundred years old. Not that it's okay, but it, um, right. and the thing is that we're going to, we're going to talk about the details. So if you feel offended by a book that's over a hundred years old, being spoiled, be warned.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, the, so the characters, so obviously Hastings. Okay, yeah, so there's
0: so many characters. I had to write them down because I was like, what's going on? So first we know that there's Hastings, who we'd like. And he's the know.
1: narrator.
0: Yeah, he's a narrator, which is confusing because the audiobook, I found two different audiobooks, and they both had women narrators.
1: Oh, that is confusing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and so he's supposed to be an invalid, which is, again, not great ableist language. But he also keeps playing tennis, so I don't know what he's invalid with like if you're like you're so right you can be recovering war.
1: from something from the war but how he's playing he a lot of tennis. tennis yeah right. <laughs> right.
0: good point so um, we said he's around 30
1: and then course, he yeah. runs in and so he runs into a uh, old family friend who apparently was a good chunk older than him 15 years older is like
0: A lot. Yeah, because he was like, I used to go there when I was a boy. I was like, if you were a boy and he's 15 years older, you guys are not hanging out.
1: Right, right. And he seems to not
0: know the younger brother as much. He's actually close to his
1: age, but that's fine. That's, yeah. So, and then, so then he starts hanging out with this whole family. And this is the interesting thing about Agatha Christie and a lot of these British things in general that I think as us as Americans, we don't always get. Because there's always this interesting class thing which is so weird and fascinating in this like Downton abbey what the heck is going on kind of way i don't know did you um did you ever watch Downton abbey
0: i tried but uh, failed but i was also at dad's house and you know i failed at most things i try to do at dad's house <laughs> so and it was and like starting for
1: a period of time when I-, and I liked it but it was like one of the last things i did with my ex So it kind of was like, I don't need to go back there again because it just reminds me of like the end, you know, anyway. So, yeah. So, but anyway, but this idea that us as Americans, we don't really understand the like bright line between classes. Yeah. And so this fascinating thing where Hastings runs into this family and it's, they've got money because most of the people that are going to be in Agatha Christie stories are people with money.
0: Well, yeah. And that was like, it was also like rich people things because he's, he's like runs into an old friend and then like, now he's now he lives there. He's just like, yeah, come over. Right. And stop we've, convalescing over here. Come convalesce with us.
1: Right. Like I have a big enough house and tennis courts that, you know, and so the household, what makes it, you know, like one of those houses is that it's big. So it's got the two brothers, John and Lawrence,
0: their the step- matter,
1: the, mater Yeah the matter the mater major. mater I don't know the
0: stepmom mater yeah their stepmom
1: their stepmom who apparently has been there with their dad long enough that they thought of her as a mom the stepmom's brand new uh the husband leader. uh the
0: so he's the the gold digging husband is Alfred Inglethorpe
1: right right with great name um the was it a Cynthia is she a cousin is she a
0: Cynthia is the protege which again how do you just have a protege at your house because somebody right.
1: and what I loved, well we'll go back to this but the whole thing where there was a little bit of like hey Cynthia could you do these things for me and Hastings is like oh yeah make it clear that she's not part of the family she is kind of indebted Right, and so right. there's that little moment that Hastings talks about that, and that's one of the reasons I like Agatha Christie is that some better than some English authors she like acknowledges said, acknowledges this weird class thing that you know, like we would be like, what like there's people in the house that are part of the house, but also are servants, like what yeah, you know, and then there was an actual person who works there, but who, um, it's a phrase that we would never say in American society, a companion.
0: Yeah, but, I had to look up all the words. so Evie, who's yeah. been with them apparently a long time, Evelyn Howard is the, they called her a factotum, which I had to Google which I, Google says is an employee who does all kinds of work. And then he goes on to say describe her as a companion in Jack of all trades, which I was really disappointed wasn't gay stuff. Right. <laughs> I was like, all of those things should be gay. But they, neither the companion nor the Jack of all trades, none of that was gay. It was just like, she works here and has for a long time. She just does right, right. all the things.
1: and then But she's the like, family, sort of part of the family. Counted because they also have servants. Right. They also have, like, real servants who aren't even mentioned as people.
0: Right. Evie works there, but she can come to tea. Right. And her and her long-lost cousin can come and marry you somehow. Right. So, like, she's closing she up in class. Be,
1: like, a, a little bit of... But they still have, like, a housekeeper and a butler and, you know, like, I'm sure a gardener. You know, stuff like that. Right. So, um...
0: And then, okay, so here I have another question to you about that, because you understand these things better than I do. So we got Cynthia, who's a protege. Then we then we meet John's wife, who's Mary Cavendish. Mm-hmm. And Hastings is clearly, like, doesn't feel bad at all to be like, well, she's hot, and I'm glad I came. And then gets all, doct- all jealous of her doctor friend. And I was like, but what about her husband? <laughs> <I> <laughs> Why are you mind? mad that she has a doctor friend when she also has a husband who's your friend? And he's just right, like so clearly where, crushing so, on her. It was really so odd.
1: 30? like, are you really thirty? Because you sound like you're twenty-one. Like this, right? Is, especially a hundred years ago when people didn't live as long, the idea that a thirty-year-old man would be like, "I really think Mary's hot." Oh no, I think Cynthia is hot. You know, like
0: right. It was and I was like, that's your friend that's your friend's wife, and you're like he was super jealous of this doctor guy, but not jealous at all of her husband slash your friend. This is fine.
1: Right. It was yeah, so like his like but he also crushed on everyone. He asked Cynthia to marry him. Yeah. He for no particular reason. You're right. He
0: did not seem like a 30 year old. Um And then there's Lawrence, who's kind of like not very described very well like the narrator's not really into him so we're not really into him there's like oh yeah and there's lawrence he went to med school but he dropped out or he finished med school but now he's a writer so right. and then, then they introduce the fact that everybody's broke
1: right well and that's the interesting thing of like we're upper class and we have a big estate and we have all these um servants but the reason why lawrence and john live there is because they were kind of living off of their family's money which the Mom controlled, even though he's freaking forty five.
0: Right, you're forty five. Your your brother's a doctor. Can y'all no? Okay, you're just gonna live off mom. That's fine.
1: Right. I mean, that's just bizarre to me. So I'm I'm actually really curious. I'm gonna look up how old Agatha Christie was at the time. This in bit.
0: 1916,
1: because um.
0: Alright, so while Porza's looking that up, I'm gonna so we've now we have most of the characters, except for the sexy farmer lady down the street named Mrs. Wright. Right, yeah, she
1: who, doesn't even get a first name.
0: Who is just like and I don't know I watched the um the television version of it of the nineties show where they did like a two hour of this and uh she was a widow in that, but I didn't catch that in this one that she was. I thought she no, might have had a I husband. No, I thought
1: she was, like, married. I thought that was definitely, like... Yeah, in the
0: show life. they made her a widow, but anyway. So, anyways, so she's the sexy lady on the street, and um, that's she pretty was, much how so they set Edith her up. So was born
1: in 1890. So in 1916, she was 36? Wait, no. 26? She was 26. So okay. in, in 1920, she was 30. So she, I told you, she was... yeah yeah
0: but this is also her trying to write a male perspective (laughs) so that was her opinion on how men thought
1: (laughs) right right exactly
0: um so we've met all these characters and then somehow they go to town and run into barrow so that um so that we can establish that
1: he's there yeah and that's interesting because of course there's a little bit of um she deals with the concept of prejudice um some concepts about how do we feel about belgian um
0: refugees Refugees.
1: basically and um this comes up in some other works of hers but this idea of like do we like the refugees are we mad about them because uh this is set during the war and incidentally two years before the pandemic um oh Um, we're gonna go through the pandemic with them this is fun uh but you know like so i think that there's a little bit of um otherness about the belgian refugees who were running away from world war one you know right and
0: that was the whole thing because the the lady of the house mrs what's her first name the the The, the matter the woman who yeah What's her name? The one who dies. What is? Oh, oh no! Spoiler! Spoiler! Um, <laughs> she dies. <laughs> what is her name? Anyways, Mrs. Inglethorpe.
1: God, what um, was her first name? Oh my! God. She
0: the she the Paula was all excited about her because she's like helped all the Belgian refugees. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, but you know the other thing that's interesting, and I always wonder about this whenever people like Agatha Christie kill somebody off. Um, is they
0: uh Emily.
1: Emily. Sorry. Yeah, I found you found it. Weird. Like
0: Emily, see? See how I inserted that? Kill somebody off, like Emily Inglethorpe. But
1: you know, like it it's it always helps in, in these British murder mysteries that when the person who's killed you don't feel as sad about. As I mean I wasn't she wasn't Right. No, I mean, they, you know, she was loved and she had, you know, the stepsons loved her, but they also had a little bit of like, she controlled them and she made sure to control the purse strings for them and for Cynthia and wanted people to, to actively feel grateful. There right. was a little bit right. of like, oh. Oh, yeah. She definitely using her, her money for power. And so, like, but I think that helps soften the blue. Agatha Christie isn't killing five-year-olds. You know what I mean? Right. um, Right. So, and I appreciate that. Because it's more interesting. What makes it interesting is not the gore and how the, you know, like, how they died. It's more about why and the mystery part about it. Um, Right. And it's interesting because this is our first case that the death happens um, a chunk in. It doesn't happen right away. Um, I'm trying to see what what chapter Um, uh, chapter three. So, you know, a good 20 pages in. I know that you're not looking at the actual physical book, um, but also the murder room was just had ridiculous amount of clues. It was so many freaking clues it really was
0: yeah well wait wait wait, you're skipping ahead because before she dies right they had to have two arguments that are overheard right, right but- so there was before she died on the day of her death, there was someone over hers her the the mater. Family, Inglethorpe inter, uh, arguing with a man
1: mm-hmm.
0: and arguing with Mary, and they're all, it's all about some husband-wife shame upon this family stuff. Right, right. That's what we know, right? Right. And then in the middle of that night, like you said, she dies, and apparently her bedroom has a con- connecting door to every room in the house.
1: Yeah, this is one of the things <laughs> that's like when you do it on an audiobook, they actually. Have yeah, because I heard that mapped everything. So like that's the drawing of the main floor. Uh yes. And so yeah, like every room has a connecting door. I mean, a it's weird because why don't you um sleep in the same room as your wife because John
0: Well I mean she's 70 and you're 50, so maybe Yeah but John
1: and Mary don't sleep in the same room either. Because it goes um John mary lawrence mm. alfred emily um cynthia
0: is it that cultural at the time that they didn't share bedrooms know, or was that everybody's also marriage?
1: how like that's six bedrooms and then they have these uh servants rooms and the room that hasting was in are across the hall and they're small right
0: yeah Do they know bathrooms? okay
1: I guess it's <laughs> Yeah.
0: Well maybe you was out house. Oh, I times. see a
1: bathroom. There's a bathroom across from Cynthia's room. Wow, she gets to give me a Oh, those all say spare rooms. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't read. It says spare rooms for most of these, where Hastings was staying, and then this is the bathroom. Okay. And then this says well, there's a lot. uh access to servants' rooms. So that's not... That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven bedrooms on this one wow. floor, and that's not even counting the access to the servants' room. This is what I'm talking about, Downton Abbey. Like,
0: what? It's a big ass house. Yeah. yeah. And then, <laughs> so she starts screaming in the middle of the night, and everybody comes running because everybody has a connecting door to her room. Right.
1: But they can't get in. They're all. all the doors they can't get
0: in because they're locked.
1: And that's the problem. And then they
0: bust down the door.
1: And it's ridiculous. One of the how doors. Many clues there in there so this is the map of her bedroom right which everything seems weirdly small like why is your bed so small like look at that the bed is really small look in that t- huge room <laughs> but anyway she's got a desk a bed a table next to it a fireplace a dressing table it's just drawers that- another table a wardrobe and a washstand. because you know it's actually 20 so they have- but and then it's got um two windows and three doors. That's a big That's ass a room. really big ass room. But then like as I said, there's so too many clues, like way too many. There's candle Okay, so you go through the clues. There's candle wax, there's coffee, there's a broken coffee cup, there's cocoa. Um what else does they find in the room like i love it because uh, uh, they have perot they go and get perot and um he makes a list of everything that he finds interesting in the room and it's ridiculous how many
0: oh yeah so wait so she she's she's screaming in the middle of the night she's strict nighting and everybody comes in and then she's like oh i'm cool i'm fine and then she's like just kidding i'm dying and then she strict nine dies and somehow two doctors show up, even though they're at a big estate in the middle of nowhere, that so this doctors happen to be in the neighborhood mm-hmm. or something, and heard this from the outside, which you wouldn't in it from a house that big, but anyway, so two doctors show up, and they're like, it's poison. So then, Hastings like, luckily, I know a famous Belgian detective in right. town and brings Pravo. Right. Oh. And then, like you said, the Pravo shows up and starts saying, my little grey cells detect. So,
1: she had, there was coffee cup issues, he starts counting the coffee.
0: There was a, like so many coffee cups.
1: And then she takes a. Cocoa who takes sugar
0: every and night? who doesn't take sugar?
1: Then she takes cocoa every night.
0: It's a lot of caffeine at bedtime, I know, right? She and then and she's taking sleeping she powder. The like sleeping maybe powder. give up the give up the caffeine, and you wouldn't need the sleeping seriously, powder, lady. Seriously, save your life there. See.
1: Um and then, yeah, but then the candle grease and then, the doors whether or not they were open or locked um, Lawrence freaks out in the middle of his stepmom like having seizure and, and like looks shocked as hell um, and not
0: about um, the seizure right like about something else, something else looking off into the wall yeah
1: and then they find fragments of things in the fireplace oh yeah the sixth point
0: Oh yeah that yeah then he finds part of the will. In the fireplace, and he's like, "Dun dun dun!" She was changing her will, and then she died.
1: Yeah. So, I, as I said, I'm trying to find where is the list of all the points. Six points. So, okay. wh- one, a coffee cup that has been ground into powder. Two, a dispass cage with a key in the lock. Three, a stain on the floor. Four, a fragment of dark, some dark green fabric. Um. Five, uh, candle grease on the f- on the floor by the writing table. And six, he um said he wouldn't say for a while. And then he found the will. Like it was that too yeah, many clues. It was a lot. It's it was... like like
0: But that's I think was good because it was defuddled us as the reader and to knows which ones are important. Right? right.
1: But it's a little bit and yeah, then like it's a little bit like too much, yeah. Um and then
0: <laughs> And then and then so Power finds a piece of the will and then he like peeks in the lockbox and is like, Ooh, there's an important piece of paper here. I won't look at it. I'm gonna lock it in this box with this fl- flimsy lock so, for days and not look at that valuable piece of evidence.
1: And so that's such a MacGuffin. Such a MacGuffin. Like you've heard that phrase before.
0: Yeah, this yeah. idea
1: that there's like this thing that they can't look at and you can't find because literally they don't find it until the last chapter.
0: Right. If he had just looked at that paper right then, then this would be over. It would have been a much shorter book. Yeah, which would have been a shame. So good thing he didn't look at it and left it in the box with a flimsy lock to get
1: right. stolen. And so it's like,
0: and so then the whole family is like, the gold digger did it. We knew he was going to do it. And he's like, "Uh, maybe I did it, maybe I didn't. You don't know my alibi. Maybe I have one, maybe I don't. Arrest me. See what happens.
1: Right. And that, you know.
0: Because he, and he wasn't even home because apparently he went to have like a late night sesh with his real estate agent and stayed over. Because he left after dinner to be like, I got to go talk to my real estate agent because that's normal in olden times to go down the street and just stay over at my real estate agent's house. Right. Right. (laughs) And no one acts like, like, why don't you go like in business hours? Like, why, why are you going now?
1: It does make him seem more guilty because he's like, I'm going to have a serious alibi. Right. Not just a little alibi, a little, like a I am out the building kind of alibi.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then, so Inspector Jap who's the first when we first time we meet him who's going to be a recurring character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Isn't he the, always the, the mm-hmm. inspector? And he's like, I'm going to arrest the husband. And Pro like, don't do it. And he's like, but I'm going to arrest him. And he's like, but he doesn't have an alibi and probably like, I'll give him his alibi. And then he does. Because he doesn't want him to get arrested. Because
1: yeah, because we find out
0: because foreshadowing. Because
1: foreshadowing. But also because the whole plot of this was kind of interesting. The way that they decided what they were gonna do was um try to get off on a technicality from the beginning. So
0: Right, right, yeah. The whole thing was that, like, if I get arrested for fake news, for fake receipts, and then turns out I can prove that those are fake, then I'll get acquitted. And then when the real clues come up, they can't do anything with it, like a double jeopardy.
1: Right. So, and we, they don't call it double jeopardy; they call it something else, but it's the same concept.
0: It probably sounds better. Yeah, it probably sounds better the way they say yeah, it. Yeah,
1: because it's British.
0: Right, because the the major clue was that he was seen buying. Strychnine at the pharmacist or whatever right. at the dispensary and um, <laughs> yeah. and signed the book. <laughs> the whole that term has come around right. again. So many things: pandemic, dispensaries, back in cheek. Um, so yeah, so he he was seen buying the stuff and signed the book, but it's not his signature, and he had an alibi that he wasn't buying that. So that was the fake news that he and his conspirator created. So that they could disprove it. So then Prawa was like, he didn't buy it. That's fake right. news. And then... So then, Jap and them were like, okay, well then it must be John because he's the next person in the will. And Hastings like, not my friend, but he's my friend.
1: And then... This is kind of interesting because it was like they did a long middle game in the book of like throwing suspicion at everyone. Cynthia, Lawrence, yeah. John, like maybe it's this, maybe yeah. it's that. Whoa, you know they did they did a whole bunch of stuff, and meanwhile, this is when Hastings is like falling in love with all of the women because <laughs> that didn't happen right. until after the death, right? Right. I don't know what he was thinking. It's a tragedy, so I'm going to get all up in there. <laughs> but
0: right so then as a reader you don't know who it is
1: But was interesting. because no
0: one's really that likable there's a lot of tension
1: and then um, I really thought it was interesting that um, the question of where per- Perot had figured it out clearly and he said am I about a woman's happiness or am I about the truth Mm-hmm. And this is something that you'll again see in some of her earlier, her later books about her beliefs about relationships. <coughs> and interestingly enough, she had already been married to Christie when she started writing the mysteries, obviously her, cause she wasn't born Agatha Christie, but in her later books, Her name was Agatha Christie, a third name. So her belief about relationships and how they are improved or gotten better. So, because it was a fascinating thing that John didn't do it. But Mm -hmm. the way to get John and Mary's relationship. To get back together, right, was
0: to let him stand trial for a little bit, so that Mary would stand by her man, right? Yeah, I forgot about that whole piece. That was weird,
1: and it's but it's <laughs> like interesting. He
0: is he's a relationship counselor slash detective. Right. He lets him be under the hot seat for a while in order to bring their marriage closer together. Because yeah, there's all this stuff about John's really has feelings for the hot farmer's wife down the street. And Mary's got feelings for the doctor that keeps coming over for no reason.
1: And then there's this interesting thing about are we prejudiced against Jewish people or not? But we're going to actively say we're not actually prejudiced against Jewish people, but we're going to think about it and we're going to say it out loud. (laughs) Right. For the doctor. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, and at the end, that was Hastings, and it seemed like because like she kind of presents Hastings as simple-minded, as he's like I didn't not like him because he was Jewish. I didn't not like him because he likes my friend's wife that I also like. But I am gonna think about the fact that I might not like him because he's Jewish, right?
1: And so that was an interesting thing because is that Agatha Christie? Is it Agatha right. Christie criticizing men her age? Like. You know, like, it, it's the same thing about the, like, the play that Shakespeare wrote that my name is in, right? When you talk about Jew- uh, prejudice against Jewish people, are you endorsing it? Are you criticizing it? Are right. you observing it? All of the above? Right. You know? So there is definitely this thing of, like, I don't like him. Is it? I, it's not that I don't like him because he's Jewish. <laughs> it just so happens. Right, because he's got a beard.
0: Right, he also doesn't like Alfred for the beard. There's a lot of anti-beard in the <laughs> right. book. It's like he meets Alfred the husband, and he's like, "Well, he's got a beard, so I don't like
1: it." He's clearly 21.
0: Right, you're right. Hastings does has come off really young.
1: So anyway, because when I read, but I, then I, I, it's just hard for me, and and I also don't believe that John is 45. You know, like. I mean, I know she said that, but he doesn't act like he's 45, and Hastings doesn't act like he's 30.
0: Right, because yeah, he and Mary's marriage also kind of seems like a young marriage. It doesn't seem like they're like been married for, you know, if you're at those times, you probably got married young and now you're 45, and you're just like, well, this is what I'm stuck with. But instead they were just waiting for a murder trial to kindle their romance for the first time. Because it was kind of a halfway arranged marriage. Right, right? that's
1: the thing, is that it was like, do you really love each other? But, it, like, you would think if he was 45, he would have figured it out by then.
0: Right. <laughs> so, so then there's a moment when Hastings says something and Pearl was like, say that again. And he has this moment where he, like, rushes off to go realize that the the, the letter that told the whole plot of the murder was sitting there in the room the whole time. Right.
1: Well, so this was a fascinating thing. And it's also... so. We haven't really talked about Perot's quirks, right?
0: But well, you tell him, give him the introduction. To, so, to- para 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 Belgium.
1: Para. so, who the hell knows any Belgiums? So, I always kind of people know Belgians later.
0: Also, it's an, an N if it's an adjective Belgian. Belgian. It's the people, Belgians is their countries.
1: <laughs> okay, fair.
0: <laughs> and you just, okay. See, now you're showing your anti Belgian. <laughs> biases you're like who the hell sells Belgians people know Belgians okay. <laughs> just because you don't know Belgians
1: okay but I mean and <laughs> there are later books where Agatha Christie creates a woman English mystery writer um, uh, and in that the mystery writer has created a hit detective who she can't stand because this hit detective eats a lot of bananas and is another ethnicity and this one and so clearly Agatha Christie has put herself as this person and she's like why did I make him whatever it was I can't fictional insight you know like the meta her she's like I don't know now I can't stand him because I made it like kind of on a whim but then he got so popular I keep having to write about him and he's a he's got all these things so later
0: Oh, I didn't know that's the that's the concept of Ms. No, Marple. No, no, no,
1: it's a different person. It's a, like uh, she her she actually hangs out with uh Parot. Our Her name is oh. Mrs. Oliver. She writes mystery novels. And She's it's clearly supposed to be uh, I think it's a stand-in for Agatha Christie, but then but she bitches about this character she created that she can't not keep writing about because he's so quirky. <laughs> And people love the quirks, but as the writer, she the quirks drive her crazy. So, but <laughs> now we're back to this 26-year-old who's like, I'm going to write about a guy. I'm going to make him
0: Right. So she right. describes him as a dandy several times. Also from Hastings' right. perspective. But And then she's like, how fastidious he is and he's fighting so things, straightening things.
1: Like, he's so anal retentive to the nth degree. Like,
0: Wrong, wrong acronym. ADD is hyperactive attention deficit. You mean OCD? OCD.
1: Sorry, you're right. I'm not a, <laughs> you're right. You're right.
0: OCD. I know.
1: <laughs> he gets annoyed. He's fastidious about his your tie being slightly askew, or there being a spot here, or you're just being. He likes things to be symmetrical. He really observes when things are off, and of course that. Part of that is the clue is the first time he goes into Mrs. Inglethorpe's room after she died, he straightens everything. Including vases. I'm sure they pronounced it vases that were along the (laughs) uh, fireplace and that had decorative things in them, not flowers, apparently. And he straightens those, and then once somebody breaks in and steals the papers, he gets upset and he straightens them again. And that was what Hastings said. I haven't seen you this upset since I saw you straightening those scrunched up papers that are in the vases. Do I say vases or vases? I don't know. When you're talking about a British novel, what do you do? Anyway. (laughs) Um, and that's when Perot realized that he had already straightened them so there'd be no reason for him to re-straighten them so therefore they must have been messed up so therefore
0: and I didn't understand what that really looked like until I watched the 1990 depiction of it Um, which you gotta see just for the intro like it's this 1990 does 1910s art deco the intro to that
1: (laughs) I haven't seen
0: it's, any depiction the fonts should go just for the fonts but yeah but like i didn't understand that like papers and vases but basically it looks like breadsticks <laughs> right. like I mean... torn up papers like breadsticks in a in a vase on the mantle to be right. decorative
1: right
0: so that's what so the murderer was trying to destroy the evidence but people were coming so instead of doing anything else they twisted it up the, the incriminating letter and put it as a decorative item on the on the mantel, which would have worked.
1: It was actually if it weren't
0: for porn. Yeah, and that was
1: brilliant. And actually, the entire murder plot itself, brilliant. So we already talked about that we're spoiling something, a book that was written over a hundred years ago. So, um, I wasn't as surprised when it was like, oh, it turns out that the guy everybody thought did it had done it, but. When it turned out the pe- companion was involved, the first time I read this, it blew my mind. It really did.
0: Yeah. So we we didn't say that when. So at the very beginning, Evie, who is the not gay companion, jack of all trades, not a servant. Um, she a- at the beginning, right after we meet her, she storms off and is like, "I told Miss Emily that." That he's no good and that he's just after her money and she storms right, out.
1: Leaves the house and so again. when
0: Busy. Yeah, when Mrs. Inglethorpe dies, she comes back like, see, I told you guys he was gonna do it. So she's clearly like, I hate this guy, I hate this guy, I hate this guy. And it turns out that she's this is slash her cousin, some sort of a cousin, is she's the accomplice because they are in love. Are they and in love? also look alike? Oh yeah. <laughs> it was is it I love
1: I, no, I couldn't tell if it was love or cousinship or
0: or just or just money. I couldn't tell actually. Oh, I thought it I thought it was I thought it was romantic killing, but maybe it was just maybe you know money, money killing. killing. I'm not sure. But anyway, so yeah, so they had we knew it was strychnine poisoning, but we'd gone through it couldn't be the coffee cup and it couldn't be this, but someone had hidden. Um, or you know they they arrested John on the evidence that there was a strychnine bottle in his mm-hmm. stuff. But, um, because science is how they did it. So she had a, a nightly medicine, which I don't know what it was for. I thought it was... Her nightly... Yeah. Is that- so she had a sleeping powder, which was bromide. Right,
1: wasn't this the bromide? Because-
0: no, the bromide is what they added to the solution, which was the sleep, which was her nightly medicine. But we oh, don't know what was for... Like- The medicine was liquid, and it had a small amount of strychnine in it, not enough to overdose, not enough to kill you, even if you took the whole bottle, they said. Or, you know, you have to take, like, several doses, but it has strychnine in it. But when you add bromide to that solution, it makes the the bromide crystallize because science, and that settles to the bottom, so the last dose would be all the strychnine from the bottle, and that would be fatal. We decided
1: to call it strychnine or strychnine. We kind of go back and forth okay i don't know all
0: right again it's a vase (laughs) strygnine in the
1: vase strygnine in the vase i know but it's when you've been (laughs) listening to or watching or reading a whole bunch of british stuff then i go and listen to some americans i was like oh you're all talking wrong
0: Well it happened to me because I was like I listened to the audiobooks for Harry Potter on this recent reread and then I watched the movies and the guy who does the audiobooks pronounces everything differently. What? Like he says Asio, not Akio. Oh and...
1: no. by the
0: Yeah, so then like so like all my my Potter language is all off because I am most familiar with the audiobooks at this point. And so when you watch the thing, they're like, why are you saying Akio? It's Asio." And there's another one where they're like, it's like a thing like that where they, you know, it's a C and so S kind of thing.
1: By the way, um, uh, apparently Daniel Radcliffe has read for the purpose of audiobooks, just chapter one from The Boy Who Lived, from book one.
0: Everybody's been telling me this today. Yeah, I can't wait. Right? I can't wait to, yeah. to listen to it. Yeah,
1: I'm excited. Um I'm, by the way, in the middle of book five, which is my favorite book. Of the seven. Which uh, one is Order that? Phoenix. Order of... Yeah. Oh.
0: I mean, yeah, some people love that one, even though Harry is the absolute worst. But
1: also, like, you can feel the teenage angst just, like...
0: That's what I hate. I mean, I think she does a great job of depicting him being the absolute. It's well written, no, but, but I, it works I on me. And I'm just like, I want to punch so him bad. in the face. Oh,
1: really? I just feel, okay. Totally different podcast, but I feel for him Different books so much. Like, ah. Uh.
0: I, I like, I'm just like,
1: oh my god. Like,
0: especially because now that like, having read and then reread, I'm just like, so completely team Snape. I'm just watching him from Snape's eyes like Shut the fuck up, kid! Come on, man. <laughs> we're just trying to keep you alive.
1: But I <laughs> just—I said that and when I was rereading them. I'm like, ah, oh, but Snape is still a jerk from the day one. He's not nice. But
0: well, I didn't say he was nice.
1: I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> okay, back. We're... One British Sorry, okay, series. Okay, okay, back to time. this book. Back to back to mysterious. One story. British series okay, at a time. So anyway, um. I think that so the the idea that Evelyn I don't know how many years she'd worked for Emily but it wasn't sounded like forever It wasn't 20 years I'm guessing it was less than 10 because you know John said to Hastings hey do you remember Evelyn oh she wasn't around when you used to come around but you know if he'd fought in the war and then he used to come around to their house, I'm guessing that was less than 10 years earlier.
0: Right. Also, I just think we have to take um, time with a grain of salt in, in terms of Agatha Christie's skill in time telling and time pacing. (laughs) It's a little bit of a Jeremy bear me situation.
1: Like, so not right. Which is a, you know, a long time for somebody to be in your household and you probably, you know, care for them. On the other hand, it wasn't forever. And then Inglethorpe comes and woos Emily, who's a widow, which, you know, is an interesting technique. Um, And then, but Evelyn makes it, she does this whole thing of don't marry him. And that must have been as a murder plot idea, this idea that she's like, don't marry my cousin, but also this is my cousin. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, it right. must have, you know, that idea is an interesting dance. And then, um, so, they marry, and he's super, like, all over, I love you, love you, love you. And Evelyn's like, I don't trust him. And, but I always wonder, because we heard that from John's point of view, right? So, Evelyn could have been saying to... Uh, Emily, oh, he's great. Yeah, go ahead and marry him. And saying to John, oh, he's terrible. I don't want them to marry. You know, that would have been if I.
0: Right, right. Know. That's a good point. Yeah. Um,
1: and then Hastings comes, which is a really interesting thing that so wonder what as the um, the people plotting the murder case having an extra um, ob- observer there who thinks he's brilliant but is actually kind of dense? You know, like they would have been like, "Cool, great, another person to be like." Throw- right, I and mean, I
0: think she she turns to take advantage of him because when she storms off, she goes specifically to Hastings, and she's like, "They're all sharks. You keep an eye on out for her, especially that husband." But they're all right. sharks, so she kind of sets it up like clearly, this lady's going to die tonight. Right,
1: right, <laughs> and um and but also it throws more confusion. Having another person there just throws more confusion. And then um, so the, yeah. And so Perot is the the one thing that they didn't really bank on is have that Hastings had smarter friends. Um, But fascinating that they figured out how to get both of them out of the house, throw an incredible amount of, of suspicion on the husband. So he could get arrested first. Including her saying he did it, he did it, he did it. And then um, throwing suspicion on everybody except for Evelyn. Because she didn't get any money from it. Because um, she said that. She was like, I said, don't give me anything in your will. That way I don't need anything from you or something like that. Like she purposely right. like, set her up as like freaking saint um and then um but she was the one who figured it out got her cousin there brought the strychnine framed john framed alfred but at a lesser extent to first but then also fake
0: framed -framed him (laughs)
1: alfred really framed john and you know like did this whole mess to try you know was pretty complicated plot and, you know, between the coffee and the cocoa and the blah, 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 all those things. And then it was really in her medicine, you know? Yeah. Um, I do think. Yeah, it was really, it was
0: very, it was very smart in the way that they went through the poison, like, to, to get it.
1: Uh, you know, and I do think, like, this is one of those things, like, how would Evelyn know about this? Well, she said that her father was a doctor and she had this book. And you know that was an interesting thing because like maybe she just knew it. Um, I suppose this is pre-internet, so she would have had to like look it up somewhere, um, as opposed <laughs> to um, you know like we might because I wouldn't have known that. You know, it, and if my father was a doc- if your father's a doctor, would you know
0: that bromide brings strychnine out right, of solution? Exactly. <laughs>
1: like Like, (laughs) it's
0: real specific
1: but anyway um
0: but then at the end of the book mary and john are now in love because murder trial brings everyone
1: together but i loved it because there was a little bit of like um they finally communicated and this is where the thing is like is he really um uh is he really 45 because this whole thing about um they got married and they didn't really believe in each other until the trial. Now I'm trying to find it. I know it's not interesting to help find it. But uh he wished to be arrested. But the
0: but then again, like I don't know, they didn't they didn't, you know, have couples counseling back then. So maybe some people just never learned right. to communicate. It feels like that was probably a common relationship style. Right. At the time.
1: And uh, so, yeah, that they just never communicated. Um, and the other thing that's really interesting is that um, the two people who planned the murder, once the murder happened, could not communicate. And what caught right. them was a letter that... He's him trying to communicate with say, yeah. hey, We didn't do it last night. We're going to do it tonight because she didn't take her medicine that night. She fell asleep before her medicine. Um, Oh, yeah. Here we go. That John Cavendish still loved his wife, I was convinced, but also that she was equally in love with him, but they had drifted very far apart. It all arose from a misunderstanding. She married him without love. He knew it. He was a sensitive man in his way. He would not force himself himself upon her if she did not want him. And as he withdrew, her love awoke. But they are both unusually prou- proud, and their pride held them ex- inexorably apart. He drifted into an entanglement with Missus Rakes, and she deliberately con- cultivated the friendship of Doctor Bauerstein. Stein, Stein, huh? <laughs> We have trouble with vowels. <laughs> um, but then they talked about like a woman's happiness. Nothing but the great danger through what they have passed through could brought these two souls together again. So, like, yeah.
0: Nothing like a murder trial to bring you back yeah. to your boo.
1: And then, of course, the fact and that then, Lawrence And then is Lawrence is able super, to admit his right, love.
0: Like, yeah, he's he's been like, I hate Cynthia. Just kidding. I love her because I'm in third grade. Right.
1: Again, like, he's supposed to be younger than John, but Not that much younger. He's 40 or something, right? I'm imagining.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think he was supposed to be 40. Cynthia
1: definitely came across as somebody in her 20s. And again, what he's like, I don't like her. I don't like her. She's dumb. She's dumb. Oh my God. I think she might have committed the murder. I'm going to do everything possible to try to cover it up.
0: Even though it was like my stepmom who raised me, this girl that I have feelings for, but would never admit. That's more important right. to me than the fact that she probably killed my right. mom. So, <laughs> so, yeah,
1: it's all about. Right, love. But then that's the thing. It's like why that I would believe this so much more if everyone was a good ten years younger. If maybe more younger, like, wouldn't it make more sense if right John was twenty five and right? Casey's yeah, 20, I think everybody
0: being younger would have. Yeah, if everybody was younger, would have made like more a sense. Good,
1: chunk younger 10 to yeah. 15 years younger
0: yeah I think it would have
1: um,
0: especially like you were saying because it's at that time like you know now it's like 40 is the new 20 but not right, uh, not right. in like, those John times 40 was the new 80 to love
1: his wife <laughs> I, mean,
0: I mean again like if he was sort of in an arranged marriage I feel like there's probably right, a lot of would, less loving marriages them,
1: like they would have figured that out or broken up before all of this but anyway um but again i don't
0: think it was breaking up times i think it was just stay together and be waspy
1: true but she but yeah they're cultivating their relationships with the outside you know yeah we didn't really
0: with missus right about
1: dr bauerstein much except for the you know anti-semitism
0: well, then, because all we know is that, like, every time he'd go around, he'd be like, and I just hated him so much because Mary seemed to like him. And I'd be like,
1: but that's your friend's right, life, Right, but also so... the, you know, but also anti-Semitism. But not, but you're but you're saying it's yeah. not that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, I... Um...
0: Speaking of which, about all that love stuff, does, Parvo is always kind of depicted as asexual, isn't he? Yes.
1: For the most part, there is uh, one woman who seems to befuddle him um, later uh, in some of the stories. There's some short stories
0: that's kind of similar to Sherlock, too, right? Like where they're sort of like this: I'm so smart, right? I can't
1: uh, be Sherlock partnered. No one can keep up with my brain. Disdainful of women for the most part, and dis- and disdainful of romantic relationships. Whereas Peroro Um, people assumed and let me put it this way, people assumed he was a hairdresser.
0: Ah, he was dandy.
1: So, and he was interested in love. So, was he... Oh,
0: so not asexual, but just gay before it was gay times. Because
1: people, he was a dandy and people thought he was a hairdresser and he was interested in love. So I think people might have just assumed he was gay and I don't know if this woman... That he found some interest in later was that romantic? I'm not sure. So, hmm, interesting. Um, because yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. So uh, what's very interesting also is Agatha Christie did write some romances during her career, and this one is it like is it a murder mystery? Is it? a romance because Hastings trying to like flirt with everyone around and the end of the story Mary and John are in love Lawrence and Cynthia are in love you know it's like
0: the two murdering cousins are in love (laughs)
1: love. so yeah so this quite you know like because there was a lot of romance in it I feel like her books got more refined as like, pick a lane. You know what I mean? Like you can have a murder mystery with a romance on the side that can make it interesting. And obviously love and hate are, you know, like romance is a reason for murder mysteries. But she was kind of like all over, like with her like this is a romance no it's a murder mystery this is a romance you know it right, definitely right. ends like a Shakespearean play with like let's talk to this couple and let's talk to this couple and then Hastings like but what about me you know <laughs> <laughs> right which the next one he it continues um, and what's the name of the next one
0: yeah. the next book so i was going to ask you for the next i i told you i started reading the secret adversary just because it was the next one available on Which my, in have. my library um, um so and i'm kind of getting into it i'm actually i'm at the point where it's not spoiled for me yet so i'm like dun, dun, i'm like really getting into it but it's not at all like the other agatha christie books so i don't know if you want well, to tommy go to the Tumpins next book for the next great. one
1: i love tommy and Tompins. they're super fun they're much more like Less mystery, more like action. Yeah, it's like a spy novel. Um, and so,
0: um, is is there several of them too? I didn't even know that was a thing. Tommy
1: and Tuppence is super fun. Um, but I was trying to think of what's the next. Where do they have the next Hugh Crow? Because like you kind of, he kind of leaves Hastings hanging. You
0: know what I mean? Okay. The mysterious affair of so Oh, the secret adversary is the next oh, book. Oh, really? It's 1922. Look at that! I didn't even mean to. It was literally just it the one that was available next in my library.
1: Related to the war, uh, World War One, but at that
0: time. yeah. Okay, so that will be our next one to do.
1: Okay. The uh, the secret adversary at the beginning, they have all the ones with row and they are in alphabetical order, not. Um, so what's the next one with Poirot? Do you have a way of looking up?
0: Uh, I have Wikipedia. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Poirot is in, in the next one after that. Murder on the Links, 1923. Yeah, Poirot.
1: that's a good one. So.
0: Okay, so I we'll like go it, in order.
1: Like yeah, the Secret Adversary is fun. And Tommy and Tuppence are fun because they're very, you know, you could just imagine them a young couple in their twenties and in the secret adversary they're not a couple yet. So
0: Yeah, it's really cute.
1: Um yeah, but you can imagine they're wearing super cute 20 stuff, you know. Yeah. That's
0: really so, cute.
1: Yeah. Um so I think we've finished talking about this book, right?
0: Yeah. So um Thank you for letting me talk your ear off about your favorite books. Um, and next time on the intro, I want you to we'll ask you the story about like how you first started reading these. Okay, that
1: sounds good. All right.
0: All right. So we'll see All you right. next time. Bye.